welcome to MILF Talk, Make Your Life Fabulous. I'm Sophie Venable, psychologist, life coach, mother of two, and author of MILF 101, Make Your Life Fabulous. Whether you're married with children, single, divorced, or somehow all of the above, I'm talking to you about life, relationships, sex, and sometimes parenting. And my handsome Hawaiian ginger actor man, Todd Anderson, Hi, is back I'm Hawaiian. today to give his two cents and generally interrupt me. Right. <laughs> Applause for Todd. Yay. Oh, hey. So today we're talking about teenage self-esteem. Sounds like an oxymoron. I don't remember having any of that I as a teen. totally <laughs> get that. My, well, my guest today is going to help us. My guest today is an integrative psychotherapist, meaning she integrates holistic medicine into her work as a relational therapist. She's worked with individuals and groups all over the world, not just the U.S., but Ghana and Jerusalem as well. She's worked with women in domestic violence programs, has been an LAUSD high school therapist, which must have been amazing and interesting, and has led self-esteem groups for teen girls, which is why I'm very excited for this episode to welcome Lindsay Rosenthal. Yay! Yay! Bar applause for Lindsay. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Lindsay, after reading your bio and seeing your youthful pictures, I can't believe how much you've done already. You've been a very busy, busy woman. Thank you. Thank you. I, I try. I try. <laughs> Overachiever. Um, I'm curious to know how how did you get involved in the project in Ghana? So I had been living in New York City and I wanted to do the opposite kind of existence and live, you know, off the grid with a backpack, just very simply as opposed to very materially. And I did two projects there. One, um, Ghana has sort of a discrepancy between like the local health practitioners and the general doctors. So a lot of people are getting, you know, sort of witch doctor medicine, and then the people who have more money are going to regular doctors and institutions. So the project was basically developing, I wrote and edited a business plan for the first natural medicine college on the continent, and the goal is to kind of create more synergy between these two groups of people so that there's more dispersion of better medicine and, you know, so that there's not like a brain drain where a lot of people leave you know, the country, because a lot of doctors can make more money elsewhere. So mm -hmm. then the local people are left with medicine that's maybe, I don't know, 150 years behind. So the right. goal is how can we use, like, natural plants and, you know, holistic medicine and sort of Eastern Western philosophy to help people and sort of, you know, better their healthcare system as it is for, you know, not just within hospitals, but just villages where they don't even have running water kind of thing. Wow. That's so. amazing. That's amazing. I was so fascinated by, by that. And then you came back and you started working specifically as a licensed psychotherapist. Yeah, I came back. I came back and did the whole grad school thing. And then while I was doing that, I, um, I ran, I guess, a year-long process group for mandated and non-mandated women. Um, within, you know, domestic violence situations. So, you know, if they get involved with the police and the police say you need to work on your self-esteem. So doing like a year-long process group, which is very interesting. And, you know, I think within domestic violence world, there's so much lack of self-esteem. I think that's part of how it works. Sure. That's why they pick those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then I also worked, you know, with teenage girls and boys at uh, Fairfax High School. That was another one of the things that I did. So you've uh, you've been on the front lines with the teenagers, both boys and girls um, were assigned to you, right? At, in through the high school system. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. What do you do to help them build up their self esteem? 
there's a lot of things. I mean, I think one thing that seems kind of not like it would have to do with self-esteem, but I was thinking about in preparation for this, is sort of how do you model for kids that it's okay to have a range of feelings? You know, we live in a society that's always happy. Everybody has to be happy if you're sad, there's something wrong with you. If you're depressed, you're weird, you have a mental illness. Mm. So I think one thing, just clinically, it's like how do you allow, you know, with your, with your own kids, with people you know, for them to have space to feel whatever they feel? And have that be okay without it having to be wrapped up in a little box and that this has to mean something about you if you feel depressed or sad. And I think being able to be in touch with those feelings allows people to have greater sense of self-efficacy and self-esteem because you're really in contact with what you are and you're not, you know, pathologizing yourself for having a certain feeling. So, Yeah, I would think that uh, in my own experience as a teenager, I know that being angry especially for girls is uh-huh. definitely looked down upon <laughs> and oh, yeah, and, um, and it would be uh, really interesting you know i i actually am watching my own daughters be mm-hmm. uh, be allowed to be angry and it, it's a really different thing i mean our conflict resolution is so different than than it ever mm-hmm. was when i was younger because we could actually deal with the feelings mm. like you yeah. said they're not they're not pathologized for being angry or dismissed mm-hmm. for being angry and um and for boys i would imagine if you can talk about those negative feelings you could find an outlet right, right. Yeah, like go absolutely. punch a punching bag go do it. sure <laughs> Yeah, and I think what you're saying about girls, you know, I think a lot of girls, when the absence of being allowed to be angry, they internalize that anger and start picking on themselves, eating disorders. You know, I think clinically I see a lot of that kind of stuff show up when people are really angry at other people, but they don't have the tools to express that. So it becomes, you know, a sort of inter, you know, looking at yourself and picking at yourself and as opposed to being able to express your anger and have that be okay and not, you know, that you don't have to be a good girl all the time and that you can actually have feelings. And that it's okay to express them. So I think that's great that you're doing that with your daughter. I think that's awesome. I also you know? wonder, if, do you think that anger is at the root of um, adolescent girls being so mean to each other? I've had, uh, when I posted that I was going to do this show, I, I offered, uh, you know, questions to people. And they said, why? Like, how, why are girls just so mean to each other? Like, where does that stem from? And And how can we... Um, teach them to be how can we understand why they're so judgmental of each other and therefore mm-hmm. sort of help mm-hmm. them not to be mm. yeah yeah for me I understand it sort of like as power dynamics like men they're allowed to claim power and have power and it's okay and they're not shamed for it I think women often are shamed for being you know extroverted and direct I mean in my own life there's been people who've been like you shouldn't be so direct you know that it's not feminine or whatever so I think that those Oftentimes people are jerks. <laughs> I don't. I don't like any of those people. <laughs> I know they're, they're all jerks, but but it happens to a lot of women. A lot, a lot of women. Um, so I think that you know, it's how do you get power? And then I also think, you know, if people feel like their only value is being the prettiest or the best dressed and all that, it's like that's going to show up. And it's you know, it's in our media and it's. How are people talking to girls? How are parents talking about themselves, their own bodies, other people's bodies? And kids, it's not what you say. It's they watch, they watch you. They're watching how you model. So if you're being, you know, nasty and talking about people behind their backs, and, you know, your kids are obviously going to do exactly what you're doing. So I think the question is for the adults is, like, how do you want to change your behavior? It's not the kids are just this way inherently. They're learning it from us, you know? 
So maybe we're dissing other parents and we're not even really aware of it. I don't talk smack about other parents, really. But one of the things that I've done, you know, that I realized was having a bad effect on my son was complaining about, you know, my own body and my own body image issues in front of him, you know, with my wife. And she eventually, she said, you got to stop talking like that. (laughs) It's really difficult because I'm, you know, I do model a behavior of being careful about what I eat and stuff. And and Mm -hmm. I do explain to my girls, you know, at at my age, I got to be careful and I got to work out and I got to get my my muscle back, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I just want to feel healthy. And, you know, I try not to I, and I, I always say, like, I know I'm not fat. I know I look fine. You know, I just, but I need to be healthy. Uh, but boy, mm-hmm. it's hard because they get those messages from from everywhere. I mean, my, yeah. I mean, I cried my eyes out because my nine year old at the time was complaining about her thighs. I just was yeah. so devastated. Mm. Yeah, it is devastating. It is devastating. But I think what you're saying is, I mean, I think the more that it can be about health and less about weight, the better. Like, I think there shouldn't be scale. I think no one should have scales in their house. I, <laughs> I just don't think they believe it. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just don't think they, they're buying it. Like, you know, I just think it, it doesn't matter what you say. It's just always like, yeah, I know, I'd rather be skinny. You know, it, it's, yeah, it, <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, and I mean, and it's, it's all over our culture. But I think if you see a woman like your mother, like happy with herself and valuing herself for more than just her waist and not picking herself apart in the mirror and looking at all the things she doesn't like and talking about them it's like if you're not doing that then you leave a lot of space for kids to be like oh my mom is like a powerful successful woman like good for her she doesn't only care about being a size two like there's other things going on for her and that that's like modeling positive self-esteem that they can attach to so that if they're you know not a certain kind of weight they can feel good about other things you know but it's I mean it's complicated the weight issue obviously yeah yeah well no but i think that's that's sounds like that's a really important way that we can help our girls is by modeling our own kindness to ourselves oh yeah that's that would probably be like in thinking about this topic that's like the number one thing and i think also as a therapist it's like i you know people it's like i can say something but if i'm not modeling what i'm saying people that resonates on a level and it's inauthentic so it's like you really have to kind of work on changing. You know, we have neural pathways for years attached to thinking certain negative things about ourselves. It's been fed by our family and our culture. And it's like we all have to do the work of really changing that. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of practice and just talking to yourself in a different way and not just picking yourself apart. And it sounds like, you know, why shouldn't, why shouldn't this just be a natural thing? But it's not. I mean, I have so many clients. I, can't, I mean, everybody that I know has some element of picking themselves apart and, you know, judging themselves by how they look. And it's like, what if there were other ways that we were judging ourselves and other ways that feel self as important, you know, as opposed to just how do I look? Yeah, because the kids, they're not, they're not insulting each other about their grades. They're not like, dude, you really screwed up on that math test. <laughs> like, oh my God, she's like so dumb in English. Like, you never hear that. That's not what you hear, right? No. You just hear like, I can't believe she's wearing such a short skirt. And I can't believe it. What do the guys say? What do the, what do the boys say in your experience? And are you able from your female perspective to like, wh- what kind of language can you use with the, with the teenage boys that come in? Cause I know, I know they're going through just as much stuff with their physical appearance these days too. Yeah, no, they do. And also men, there's all the studies lately about how men sort of people stop touching boys and then they grow up and all these men, I know so many adult men who have very few friendships and they don't have that kind of support because 
what used to be socially acceptable to have touch and to have, you know, real close friendship becomes socially, you know, unacceptable, like internalized homophobia. There's all these issues that boys deal with and they become more isolated. But I think, I think it's not that different than girls. It's sort of how else do you value yourself? Men are lucky that they can have power in other ways that it's not just about their appearance, but there are so many men who have body issues. I mean, yeah. my adult couples, it affects sex. I mean, there's, you know, we think men don't have these kind of issues, but they do. It's just not talked about as much. What do you think is the most vulnerable age right now for, let's let's take girls, teenage girls, in regard to self-esteem issues that are actually carried into adulthood? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of general you know, we all feel insecure and awkward and weird in our teenage years. And, and there's a there's a piece of that that, you know, we, mm-hmm. we carry with us. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, but as far as what do you what do you see as, as as the vulnerable age that we should be really looking out for as far as, you know, potential addictions or things like that that stem mm-hmm. from these things and start destroying yeah. their adulthood? Yeah. I would say, I would say beginning of puberty, you know, because it's like your body is changing and there's all these messages about what is it to suddenly that you, are you a woman now that you have breasts and a period? Is that really what's happening? Why am I gaining weight? Because my body's changing. That becomes so many issues about, you know, anorexia, wanting to control your body because you don't like it, how it is or the feminine form, you know, ways that people look at you and shame you. And it's sort of, you know, a conversation of how is your body evolving? How is this? normal and natural and how do you want to dress so that you feel comfortable within your body but I think it's a huge adjustment when you go from being treated as a girl like a little girl to a sexual being and I think that's like a huge thing that a lot of women you know you walk down the street and see women get harassed all the time and it's you know how do you want to talk to young girls about what this is your body is changing how do you want to dress how do you feel comfortable when do you feel most confident you know, sort of trying to highlight those things. Yeah, and, and when they enjoy the attention. I mean, I would say that, um, you know, one of my daughters, she's like probably a little shy about it and dresses down a little bit. And the other one, she's really young, but she just wants nothing more than to be attractive, you know? And she's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 11 and she's shot up to like five foot two and she's she's so grown up all of a sudden. It's like yeah. watching. Yeah. And so I, and I don't want to shame her desire that's to gotta feel be that such way a, I, yeah i have a boy so i don't face these but that's got to be such a hard thing as a parent dealing with uh, a, a teenage girl who's discovering her sexuality and she wants to dress sexy but you got to worry about that too right yeah it's like i don't i we're kind of a sex positive household i guess you would say my girls can ask me about anything and god have they ever <laughs> The conversations I've had to get into, my God, and I'm glad that they can come to me. But wow, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of walking that line of being protective and wanting them to, you know, I don't want to make a big fuss about them valuing their virginity like it's some, you know, golden like thing. I like, I'm not a a big freak about that. I I just want them to have positive experience, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, wait until they feel like they can emotionally handle it, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but I, but it's that fine line of trying to want um, how we get them to value themselves and their sexuality, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but sort of and not have to use that to get validation, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, well, they, it, but like you said, totally. there's no touching, and so people want to be touched. And I think half the times girls want to be touched, they don't actually want to have sex. Sure. They just yeah. want to be chosen and yeah, and touched. Yeah, 
you yeah. know? And there's, and, and it's also like, what else is happening? You know, is this, you know, young girl feeling proud of her achievements in sports and art. It's like, what else are we praising and like noticing besides how she looks, you know? And that's such, I mean, for women, it's such a common thing when you see a girlfriend, oh, you look so great. It's like, it's always about that. And it's like, how do we kind of integrate other things and other ways people feel proud of themselves? Yeah, cause, the, but I don't want to lose that entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, and, and, I'm sorry, and, and, my girlfriends, I still need that, and I'll give it back to you. <laughs> I know, but it's like, you know, if they're, you know, it's like, how do we highlight that there are other things that we're proud of our other women for, you know, like yeah. really highlighting how powerful, successful women as models, you know, yeah. and that they don't have to be beautiful. It's just like who they are as people. And I also think... In the eating disorder, you know, treatment world, there's a lot of talk about sort of like what can your body do for you? Like your body carries you from point A to B. Your body is strong. Your body takes care of you. So it's not about your body as an object that to be perceived and looked at and sexualized. It's sort of like how are you in relationship to your body in a healthy, strong, empowered way that's not just about being sexy, which I think is another piece of self-esteem. Yeah. How, how, how much... Um influence on negative or positive i don't know uh on teenage self-esteem pop culture movies uh pop stars you know tv shows you know aimed at kids i happened to watch the other night on hbo uh, a, a movie called step up all in which i'm going to be completely honest I loved this movie. Cool. It that's, was that's one awesome. of the dance, those dance like the, movies, it's, right? It's dance porn. I love that it's shit. It's like dumb yeah. stories and it's then great. awesome dancing. But, yeah. you know, these are all, you know, really beautiful young people who are dancing together and having their dramatics. Like, then there's a lot of that out there. How much is that mm -hmm. affecting the self-esteem of people who may not be perfect looking? That's my question. Yeah, and I and I think it does, of course. I mean, we, we are all affected by the culture and it shapes us in all ways. And I think, like, nobody can escape that. But I, for me, it's more how you want to balance these messages with messages that are different at home. So, of course, they're going to, you know, go to the grocery store and see these newsstands with, you know, celebrities and talking about their weight and all this stuff. But it's like if they then are getting that same message at home, then there's no discrepancy. And then it, that's all there is. But I think if there's other messages where they're seeing their mother, for instance, loving her body and being proud of who she is and not shaming herself, not shaming other women, not picking apart other women, then it becomes more like, wow, that culture is kind of messed up and extreme. Yes, we're affected by it, but there's other things that are affecting how I see myself. So it's not as, you know, disparate. But it I can, is, I can you know? see that. My, my mom was very critical of like every person she looked at on television, like, oh, her yeah. mouth is crooked and oh, this thing. And I can't stand it. Oh, and, you know, and I just, oh, like she was so hard on people. I'm thinking, yeah. what do you yeah, think about, what do you think about me? You. I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah, and, and that, and that, and I'm sure that taught you on some level that you had to be as careful because you didn't want your mom, you to be have any of these things that your mom would pick apart in other people, you know? Yeah, we can just be so hard on, on, on each other. And um, so I guess it would be good in a sense to, to teach our girls to also look at other girls and other people that way. Like, like, you know, she's, she's got other skills and she's, you know, her, her body is what she was born with and, you mm -hmm, know, she's mm -hmm. making the most of it and she's athletic and, you know, to, to help them with that conversation, maybe give them words in a way. Yeah. And also watch, you know, it's like, how are you, like for, for me, the biggest thing is like, if you're talking about your body in a certain kind of way, 
why aren't your kid? Why wouldn't your kids talk the same way? So if you're looking in the mirror and saying, "Oh, I don't like how I look in this outfit. I think I look fat, or my thighs look big, or I don't look pretty today," they're going to eat that up and they're going to say the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. the same exact stuff. So it's like if you want them to have more positive, it's like how do you kind of do something different, which women are ashamed to do, and say like, "I'm really proud of." who I am, how I look, how I feel. I'm really proud of myself and all my accomplishments. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. having a different message that's not just about shaming yourself, which I think is so prolific for women in society to be shaming themselves. It's it's violent. You know, it's very violent to speak to yourself that way. I I sometimes will say, like, you know, don't don't talk to my daughter that way. You know, oh, to my yeah. daughter, like, yeah. don't talk about my girl that way. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I have to defend her. Before we before we wrap up, can you give us some kind of guideline for social media, for Instagram and crap like that? Because I, you know, I mean, should we just veto this crap? I mean, it's it's which that seems impossible because they're gonna be yeah. on. But and every time I turn around, there's a new thing for them to be rejected on. Right, it's like a new app. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> what rejection is, so your, your, yeah. your concern is that what is this doing to their self-esteem? Or? Yeah, like... Um, well, and then there's, a, like, people can be really mean on social media and bully, yeah. you know, cyberbullying and all that stuff. I mean, is the mm-hmm. answer to, you know, if they're crying about it, just take it away? Or... Um, what do you, kind of what do you they're find? They're crying about what? That they're, you know, they like, say invited. somebody... somebody um, yeah, didn't invite them to a party, and they know because everybody's posting their pictures, or they, or they, they've gotten a bad comment on one of their <laughs> photographs, or so and so is getting more likes than they are, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you can talk about it. You know, what does that mean to them? You know, if they don't get as many likes, are they afraid that they're not going to have any friends? You know, is, is that is that like what's underneath the the crying? What's you know? it ultimately what about? That, what does that speak to? And for me, the whole selfie thing is so funny because it's like how ridiculous that you have to post a selfie and get that kind of external validation because you don't feel okay. So it's like when I see people posting selfies, I'm like, you're actually really insecure because why do you need everyone to be like, you're so pretty today? You know? So it's like, I kind of see it differently. It's It's not slowing down either. No. No, (laughs) It's not slowing down. It's It's not. It's not. But but it's also ridiculous, you know? So I guess if there's like, you know, if there's like, I don't know, a line between, you know, needing to have everybody say how pretty you are in your picture and like getting to feel good and give yourself that your own validation. It's yeah. like that that means so much more than any amount of life that you could ever get. Right. You know? Well, I really um I really appreciate you joining us today. How can we find you and find out about what you're doing and how you're helping oh. people? Yeah, this was lovely. Um, you can find me online. My website is relational-therapy.com. So relationaltherapy.com. And I'm Lindsay Rosenthal, and happy to talk more about this issue. I think it's really important. And I think if we can really work on this with the younger generation, I would love to see what the world would look like you know, in 50 years if these kind of messages are happening. And I think they are, but it takes time to sort of change the tide of what, you know, how women and men have been treated up until this point. But yeah. Well, I love that. I love that goal. And you're welcome to come back and do it again. And we can talk more specifically about boys or um, mm-hmm. even about, you know, moms or whatever. Yeah. We can. <laughs> I yeah, think it's no, really, really important to be celebrating each other instead of criticizing each other. And I love yeah, the work that you're 100%. doing. 
Yeah. 100%. So thank you. And Todd, um, where do we find you? Um, well, I think I'm going to spend the next couple of days watching the rest of the Step Up franchise because I like Step Up All In so much. So we'll you can, find you on your you couch. You can find me on my with couch a cooler. with a cooler, beer, watching the dancing. Fantastic. I love it. I'll be with Todd on the couch watching the dancing. No. No, you can please like the MILF Talk page if you'd be so kind. And if you're on iTunes or SoundCloud right now, please click subscribe because that would totally help my cause. Uh, you can find me at MakeYourLifeFabulous.com. You can also tweet me at MILF Talk mm-hmm. and my book MILF 101 is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All thank right. you. This was fun. Great. And thanks for listening. <laughs>